Hello and welcome everyone to episode number 22 of the Completed Podcast, where we talk everything Magic the Gathering related with a focus on competitive magic with some friendly banter along the way. Today I have fellow co-host B-Money, aka Brandon Smith, as my co-host. What up? What up, man? How's your week been? Oh, it's a Monday. (laughs) True. Easiest way to sum it up. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I feel like this week's going to go by super slow until Thursday. Dude, I I feel the same way. (laughs) Dude, today dragged ass, and I was like, oh, I can't wait for it to be Wednesday night. I'm cleaning out my car, packing up. Yes. I am... uh... I am excited to divulge into what we will talk about later and what's coming up this weekend. I think it's going to be super fun, but yeah, no, uh, this week is, uh, it's a little bit different. Um, I'm like kind of at that weird stage right now, like in my mind where like, I know that I'm going to be leaving my job soon. Yeah. And I'm like, I care, but like, I am tired of putting up with bullshit essentially like i'm not gonna not like work hard or do and like you know all the way up until the last day that i'm there but another thing that is like frustrating is it's like putting up with the bullshit that comes along with the job when it's like when you know you're gonna be leaving you know but you haven't told them yet either so it's like <laughs> it's like you don't really know how to like react to certain things part of me sometimes just want to wants to tell them to like you know suck it and like see you later but yeah yeah, literally um but no i I love the guys that i work with and i i like the i love the company so it's just like um you know i want to put in maximum effort until i leave but there's still like that thing in the back of my mind that's like i know i'm leaving so (laughs) yeah so you're, you're kind of checked out mentally basically uh i wouldn't say completely checked out but yes there are times throughout the day where i do check out and i'm just like man I just don't feel like being here. <laughs> yep. So, part of me thought about just like taking the next month off, <laughs> just being like, you know, like See you just later. basically just you know the next like month or so before I move, it's just just being like, you know, uh, just chilling <laughs> and just like playing Moto religiously for the next month. But nah, I would get too bored doing that. So that's fair. I'll continue to make money for now. And then we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But how about you? How's your how's your Monday? Uh, my Monday's okay. See, I, I'm kind of, I guess, a little bit different in the sense that Mondays are okay for me, but it's Tuesdays that kind of suck. Me and my wife talk about it all the time. You know, Savannah. Mm-hmm. We uh we talk about how Mondays are are better than Tuesdays because Tuesdays aren't like in the middle of the week, but they're also not the beginning of the week. So it's kind of like in you know, it's, I don't know. Tuesdays just feel weird. But today did drag, mostly because, you know, I guess we're excited about this weekend. So, yeah. That makes sense. But not For two, sure. two, two more days, basically, of work, and then we get our five day weekend. Five day weekend, baby. Oh, thank God. Dude, I need this. <laughs> I need this so bad. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. The drive might be a little bit brutal, but. Eh, it'll be fine. I got company yep. now, so. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> that, you, that we finally convinced Cameron to go. True. I don't have to listen to the podcasts and stuff. They're they're fun to listen to, right? 
Mm-hmm. But I listen to like this guy that talks about like horror story stuff, and for the first hour, it's kind of fine, right? But then once you hit like the second or third hour, you like the words just start to become like background noise, and you kind of like zone out mentally. I don't know mm-hmm. if that happens to you, but man, I just, I cannot no, listen. No, that doesn't happen to me. I can't listen to the same person for three hours. Like. I can. <clears throat> There's some, okay. If the subject's interesting to me, I will. That's what I'm saying. Like, but, if it's magic stuff, I can sit there and listen to it all day. But if it's like stories yeah. and stuff, like eventually I just kind of clock out. Yeah. Like, you're talking about like ebooks and stuff? Yes. Like, yeah. Like books like and shit like that. Yeah. I just, I can't do it. Like ebooks put me to sleep. We listened to one actually pretty recently. It was pretty good. Um, when we made that trip down to Tennessee, actually for for my job. Oh yeah, you mean when you came up and didn't say anything to me? Oh, it's not the cat. It was four hours away from me. Three. Oh, it was like two. Okay. It was like two hours. And it was. 50 th- minutes. It was more than two. It was two hours and fifty minutes from my front porch. We could have met halfway in the middle. You could have said that. I would have done it. I did say that. No, you didn't. Stop yes, capping. I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> no, you didn't. Yes, I did. Your ass didn't say a word until you left. Nope. I'm not gaslighting you because gaslighting isn't real. You're gaslighting. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. You're just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, so I guess, uh, well, let's jump into the modern metagame. How do you, how do you feel about it so far? Do you, do you still feel the, the same way you did? Uh, when the when Priordian got him banned, or how how do you think the meta's like developed? Uh, I think it's coming around like full circle. Like whenever, like a couple like a month ago or so, the meta was kind of like stale. It was just like right before the Pro Tour, it was just like a bunch of scam, a bunch of this, a bunch of that, and like then the Pro Tour kind of shook things up a little bit in the sense of like what was really good and what was really bad. Um, and then it's crazy how the community reacts to large events. I, I just want to say that. I think it's, it's honestly kind of nuts how like the entire metagame is shaped by one tournament. Yeah. And like, and it's so different in online as it is the paper, but people model their like, ideologies and their thinking based off of online you know Mm -hmm. and it's i don't know if that's necessarily the correct way to look at it i feel like the correct way to look at it is like you have to look at like obviously you look at trends right Mm -hmm. it's like it's like looking at stocks (laughs) yeah true. it's like yeah it's basically you know looking at trends and then once you look at the trends then you figure out like essentially where you are in the United States, what tournament you're going to, and the region at which, you know, who plays more stuff where. Like, if you're going to go to a tournament in Texas, like, you're going to expect a lot of burn and a lot of, like, aggro decks. That's just the way that it is. I don't know why regionally, like, it's, it is that, but... um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the metagame's... I think the metagame's fine. I, I, I do think it's fine. I think it... It is warping to allow more decks to be played. Like if we look at like the recent, um, like any of the recent challenges, for instance, a month ago, Amulet was nowhere to be found, right? 
Yeah, that's true. Like Amulet was nowhere. It was like there, but not... tenth on the meta game, like yeah. or like tenth or twelfth, and then you know four color was everywhere. You know, uh, footfalls was still everywhere. Living in was everywhere, and now it's like there was three copies of Amulet in the top eight of the challenge on Sunday. Yeah. So it's just it's kind of crazy that. You know where people start to fall off of one one like particular deck, another deck rises, and I think that's really cool. Um, I think that's good for like a healthy format, because like the people that can you know can show up and play, you know their deck and and just win a tournament out of nowhere. I think we saw that with Dom too. Obviously, Dom is like a different breed when it comes to Amulet Titan, but yeah he top eight of the pro tour with amulet when nobody like literally nobody else in the tournament was playing amulet so <clears throat> i just think that's i think it's rather healthy in the sense of that but i also do get the grievance with people saying that like the one ring is annoying and um and you know getting grief ephem- like grief uh scammed is really annoying too uh but yeah i don't know i mean do you share the same thing as far as like how the meta's kind of shaped up, or do you so do you think it's stale at all? Or do you... No, I, I personally don't think it's stale at all. Um, a lot of people complain about playing against Scam a lot online. I don't play against it all that often. Um, so maybe it's just I'm getting lucky in dodging that matchup. But I think I maybe play against it like once or twice every every like three leagues. Like, it's not like I play against Scam, like, you know, two, three rounds per league or anything like that. So, uh, I, d- I quite don't understand that regard. Um, I also don't understand why a lot of people are complaining about the One Ring when mm-hmm. a lot of the top decks don't even play it. Like, Scam doesn't play it. Footfalls doesn't play it. Tron plays it, but it's it's Tron. Of course they're going to play that card, right? Burn mm-hmm. doesn't play it. Murktide doesn't play it. Omnath decks play it. Hammer Time doesn't. Uh, Amulet does play it, right? What? Uh, the One Ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's four copies yeah, in, like, yeah. almost every Amulet list. So, literally, like, three out of the ten, like, top decks right now on Goldfish play the One Ring. Yeah, it's what you just said. Monogreen Tron, Four Color... And, the uh, five color Omnath and Amulet and Titan, yeah, yeah, and then the Dimmer Control deck, uh, if you count that as being in the top, uh, or like top ish of the meta. Yeah, I guess we can like include Dimmer control. control. Yeah, but yeah, overall, I a lot of decks really don't play it. Um, it's just another good card advantage tool, right? Yeah. So like. And Bowmaster, I think Bowmaster keeps the wondering in check pretty well. Like, yeah, I mean, there's also like Bowmaster decks that are kind of falling out of favor. Yeah. I mean, because all the decks that play Bowmaster and or or the Ring, they get ran over by like Footfalls and Tron and yep. like Merktide's now becoming a huge part of the meta again, where people are just like, I will play around their one Ring by putting this eight eight Merktide in play and. Waiting until you don't have protection and then killing you. <laughs> yeah, or just so. I'm going to spell pierce for one ring. And your opponent's yeah, like, oh. exactly. Okay, so. So I think I think that the meta is kind of evening itself out, and I, I think what's funny is that everyone was complaining about the one ring and how bad it was, and how 
the format sucks and all these other things. And now you're seeing the format even itself out. And now like everyone that was complaining about it before is like not really saying anything. And they're kind of starting to enjoy the format. And this is exactly what Wizards decided to do. I mean, they planned this from the get the beginning. They're like, okay, we're going to put these really powerful cards into modern. But we're not going to get too hasty with banning anything because of this, you know, XYZ and reasons, you know, so. Yeah, like, um, it, if, if the One Ring was on the same power level as, like, let me think. If it was on the same power level as, like, Oko or Hogak, then, yeah, like, immediately snap it off, right? But, like, I, I think a card should be banned when it's it's either every deck has to adapt to beat that one card, right? So, like, like during Hogak, every deck was playing, like, four Leyline of the Voids, and even then, that didn't even stop Hogak very well, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, like, I think when, when a card is printed that causes that much problem in the meta where the meta can't be solved it's either you play the best deck or your deck has all these cards to counter the best deck i think that's when the meta is a problem and yeah i mean gp vegas during the hogak meta was a prime example where literally like 47 percent of the field was hogak which is almost half the room of a 1500 player like main event which like, I, I, if you get if we get to that point, then absolutely. Like, let's let's cut cards in half, basically. Yeah. As far as like the the meta goes, I completely agree with you. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Like you said, I bet everybody in that room had four leyline of the voids on the sideboard. Actually, what's funny is that they didn't. There was only there was only like probably thirty. I'd probably say like any less than fifty players in the room that were playing main deck at leylines. And the team that I was, or the team, like the people that I was testing with um, for that tournament uh, happened to be the, the bunch of guys that were playing that. So I thought that was super cool. And the guy that was actually won the tournament in Vegas that year. Well, see, like that's he even was the one that suggested crazy. it. Like that's even crazy that people considered playing Leyline of the Void in the main deck. Like that is something that realistically should never happen, right? Like that is a sign of an unhealthy format. And I just, I don't see that with, I don't, like I just don't see that with this with this format right now. Like it's not like people are like, oh my god, I gotta be ready for the one ring. People are just like, yeah, the one ring exists. It does what it does very well. It is what it is, right? And sure, you can mm-hmm. play like cast into the fire in the sideboards, pithing needles, all that good stuff. But it's not like it's a detriment. It's not detrimental to the format, at least in my opinion. Yeah, like in my opinion, I don't think it's terrible. I think it's still beatable, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time. I could also see where the others... I always try to look at things from both sides. So, like, the other side of the argument is, like, if you have tapped your one ring more than two to three times, you're probably winning that game. And I can understand how that looks unhealthy. And I think that... I think that for now, I think it's fine. But when you start seeing, like, the top three to four to five decks in modern like all playing the one ring because somebody figured out the exact deck like to put it in you know yeah besides tron (laughs) um or like somebody figures out some new deck idea they're they're like this is the best shell for the one ring or people finally work out the best list for four to five color omnath that has a good win condition um you know then then you get to a point where it's like okay this is 
a little little over the top and and we might need to fix something but i think that i mean think about the person that is kind of in not in charge of of doing the bands and everything but one of the main guys that's looking at the formats constantly which is an old platinum level pro and hall of famer right yeah so I mean, Huey's been in magic, been around Magic since like '93. You know, he's been around forever, and he's been on the Pro Tour for ten plus years. Platinum level Pro, Hall of Famer, like all these things. The last thing he wants to do is like put the Magic community in a bad spot and make them hate playing the game that they love. Yeah, you know. So I think that everybody just needs to remember that no matter what the meta is right now that it's constantly being looked at by someone that has been in our shoes exactly. and yeah. has been grinding pro- probably harder than a lot of us. So yeah, no, I just, uh, I, th- I think it's fine. I, I, uh, it's, it's kind of difficult to choose a deck, <laughs> honestly. Um, it's kind of difficult to choose like what deck I want to play. If I were, if I had the choice between like five or six different decks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely definitely not oppressive. There's and, definitely not a deck that's like super oppressive. And I I personally think people's biggest gripe isn't the fact that it's drawing cards. I think it's the fact that it just gives you protection from everything on your turn. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of the same sentiment of like why people hate playing against control. And when control's good, people hate it. People just dislike it. They're like, oh my god, I cannot play Magic right like that's what people tend to say but i'm willing to bet money if the one ring didn't say oh you gain protection from everything you know until your next turn i think people would be 1000 percent okay with it like okay yeah he played the one ring he drew a card cool it's just yeah it's just, I, I, i'm no go ahead sorry no you, no you're fine your it's just people don't like the the feeling that they can't play their game plan right Correct. And I, uh, that that's, I guess we can sum it up into like non games of magic, right? Essentially. I, I mean, you're still playing, like you're still in the game when your opponent plays a one ring. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry. When you're comparing it to control. So anytime I, anytime anybody compares anything to control, I always think of the no win con blue white deck from back in the day that literally would just mill you out and constantly draw cards and constantly gain life and constantly shuffle their their graveyard into their library yeah so like basically do it all over again yeah and they just didn't play a win condition because they didn't care they were like i'm just gonna not let you play magic and i'll make you deck yourself i'll make you deck yourself or concede yeah but i i'm a firm believer in like i i think control decks should exist right I I, i i like the fact that control decks do exist but in in comparison to combo decks at the same time, like I feel like the skill ceiling for control decks and for combo decks needs to be a little bit higher, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I feel like inherently th- that type of strategy that you're going to be playing requires you to be a lot more patient, requires you to have a lot more knowledge of the format, and also requires you to have a lot of knowledge across all decks rather than just like doing one thing. Like for instance... If you're playing Burn, like Burn's a prime example. If you're playing Burn, like I'm pretty sure that anybody that has played any type of aggro deck in their life can probably pick up Burn and do pretty decent with it, right? 
Yeah. But if you've never played a control deck and I just go, hey, here's blue, black control in modern, you know, play in this tournament, they're probably going to make a lot of mistakes where normal, like, control players wouldn't make mistakes. And I think that that's a good thing that the skill ceiling on a lot of those decks are higher because it rewards the players that put in the time and effort to learn those types of decks. It rewards them when they do really well. And I feel like it's super rewarding for me, like, especially when I'm playing Titan, is like, a lot of these things, yeah, it's a combo deck, right? And sometimes the combo does just line up and I win. But knowing those obscure lines and like learning those obscure lines, whenever you have your entire, your back against the wall and you're like, you know, about to basically die and you somehow, some way pull out the, the win. Like, I think that finding those ways and those lines is really rewarding. And I think it should be the same way for control players. But I also don't think the control should be pushed out of a format completely. And that's why I like this dimmer control deck like coming into the meta, because the blue black control deck is like it's not insane, but it makes control players have something to to play, right? For sure. Like, and I think that's great. So. And there's there's a four color omnath deck which is considered a control deck, but to me it feels more of a mid range deck. Yeah, I, I think it leans on the line of mid range and control. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not an in-range deck completely, but it's definitely not a control deck either, I don't think. Like, I don't think you can, like, straight up say, like, this is a control deck or this is a... I mean, obviously, depending on the way you build it. You know, if you're building it with, like, counter spells and stuff, then I would consider that a control deck, but... Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, don't I, know. I like the Demir control deck a lot, too. I mean, it, it looks sweet. It plays sweet. Um, I know there's like a running joke in our friend group that the deck is shit, right? But <laughs> I, I think in the right room, I think it, it it'll it'll definitely put up results. Like it's it, it's it's one of the best decks for the one ring solely because of Shieldred, right? And yeah. you play so many free spells in this blue black deck that when you're activating the ring for like four, like it's very likely that you'll draw like either subtlety or force to like you know kind of keep you in that safe space of like i can tap the one ring i can take this damage i can play this creature and just gain a shit ton of life and stabilize and hopefully take over the game this way right yeah i mean another good thing that, that happened to that deck is also the fact that preordain got unbanned that too yeah because pre yeah. if preordain didn't get unbanned like you're what back to playing consider and i know that dingo top aided the modern challenge on friday or saturday with it um and he was playing no copies of Preordain. Yeah, he was playing uh, Consider. But he was, yeah, he was playing Consider, and I think that's just, like, a personal choice. I don't think that's, like, this is correct and Preordain isn't. I think it's, like, depending on how like how you play the deck uh, is depending on if you play full Preordains before uh, well, Considers. Yeah, and the, the, interesting, the, the interesting thing about Dingo's list is that he was playing two Snapcaster Mages, so that's why he's playing mm -hmm. Consider over Preordain. Yeah, so you yeah, can, that's another reason too. So you can end up consider and also feel his Merc Tides a little bit faster. Yeah, so for sure, I think I think I watched I think one round of of him playing it, and it, I from what I looked at, it, it looked like it was more so like land this threat and protect this threat forever. Um, yeah, whereas in most control decks. You're like, wear out my opponent's threats, then land my own threat, and then do that. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I felt like it was a little bit different in the sense of like, he kind of landed a Merc Tide super early and just like had counter spell to back it up, countered one spell, kept up yeah, Archmage Charm, Force Negation, Spell Pierce, counter spell the rest of the game, and just won the game off of Merc Tide. Yep. So, and yeah, no, I think it's super cool. And Merc Tide and Snap actually work really well because whatever spell yep. you get flashback gives a counter to the to the Merc Tide. So that's pretty yep. sweet. And he's not playing subtlety. Um, so I'm guessing he cut the subtleties for the snaps and probably made rooms for some more spells, but, um, yeah, his list is, is pretty cool. Um, personally, I like subtlety, um, but I, would I also to, do, I would have to test out both versions to be like, for sure. Like, I think it's a, it's a preference thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like the Demir control deck. We've seen a lot of yeah. Jun Saga too recently after it won that one challenge. Um, it's kind of been falling off though. I haven't seen a lot of people playing it. It's because a lot of people aren't playing scam anymore. Mm-hmm. Jun Saga was just really good against scam. That's true. Yeah. Because like, we don't scam I mean, does yeah. play Blood Moon, but like Urza Saga just outvalues scam decks like really well. Yeah, like we literally cannot beat Urza Saga. They play like Unholy Heat, Terminate, Lightning Bolt. Like, Fatal Push, like, they have a lot of answers to, like, the turn one scam threat. And yeah. Shadow Spear? We're never beating Shadow Spear either. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty freaking good. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. No, but yeah, I think the meta's in a pretty good spot right now. I think, you know, if you want to give yourself the best odds of winning a tournament, you just play, like, Scam, Rhinos, or Tron, right? Maybe even mm-hmm. Burn, right? And Murktide, like... The format's just so healthy, in my opinion. I think you can play any deck and perform really well with it. So, Yeah. I also share that sentiment. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been losing online to, like, Shadow. I've been losing online to, like, Living End, you know? All these random decks. So, I've been, I, I'm not going to say losing. I'll say playing against. <laughs> 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 No, we've, but, we've been winning against all these random decks. Bro, we've been yeah, killing sure. it. Like, what? You went 3-1 in a prelim. I went 3-1 in a prelim. Xavier went 3-1 in a prelim. Yeah. Like, we've been we've been killing it. And you've been playing, well, like, Tron and Titan. I've been playing a little bit of everything. Yeah. But um, I've mainly been playing Tron because I, like have been wanting to play it at a big tournament, so we shall see. For sure. So that's... There's a non-zero percent chance that I audible Titan. Oh, I mean, that's a given any event you go to, though. So. Like, that, that's always, like, on the table, right? Like, yeah. So, so now, that, sure. now that we're on this topic, um, what, what's your percentage points on decks that you're gonna play so like is it 80 percent tron a 20 percent titan like well what are you feeling the most right now on this monday before columbus um let's see right now uh right now i'm like 70 percent to play tron okay yeah um the other 30% is just me switching to Titan because I just have so many reps on the deck 
that I think I'm above average when it comes to playing Titan. Um, but at the same time, I think Tron's just really good. And I also think that a lot of these um, Tron lists have uh, really good capabilities of playing around Blood Moon and things like that. Yeah, the Tron deck um, is very resilient. So, as long as I cannot have to mulligan to three every game, uh, I think I'll do fine uh, on Tron. Uh, now, my matchups are worse on Amulet, uh, but um, the worst matchup, I think, for Tron is Burn uh, most of the time. Yeah. Because you're not really doing anything until you set up Tron, and you're usually, like, turn three to four by the time you set up Tron, so it's like... It's like probably turn three point two five, you know, like yeah. that's realistically where the number is. Um, but you're usually at like seven by the time that happens. So it's, it's yeah. But the amulet matchup for burn is like you cannot basically not lose. Like amulet just doesn't lose the burn. It's yeah, it's just really good against burn. So for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the only issue that I see with Amulet 2 is, like, Scam's not a good matchup at all. Footballs is kind of weird. I think it's okay. I think I know how to play it really well, but I don't think the matchup's very good. 4 to 5 killer Omnath is unwinnable. Um, That's Merktide is also borderline unwinnable. Yeah. Um, Hammer's a buy. You just win that matchup super easy. Living End, uh, it's decently... You know, it's, a, it's an okay matchup. I think it's a coin flip, basically. Um, Yogg is also kind of a coin flippy matchup. And then, like, yeah. And Tron's just, you usually win that matchup, too. Gotcha. So, I don't know. It's it's a little weird. Well, I mean, what what do you, you're still, you're you're 100% on playing Scam, yeah? Yeah, I think I just, yeah, I'm, I'm just committed to Scam. I've been playing it a, a shit ton, just trying to get my reps in, learn my lines. Um, I think... Sure, like, Scam might have a big target on its head going into this event, but I think, like, when I spoke to you about it, it was either play Scam or play, like, a less popular deck. Um, Rhinos or, you know, Tron or something like that. But we kind of came to the conclusion that moving forward, I think it's it's just better to give myself the best percentage points to win a tournament. So I should just play the 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 clear best deck in the format which as of now it's it's scam right um yeah which is crazy to me that it hasn't been really putting up like too many good numbers and challenges and stuff but yeah i mean that is a little bit concerning which kind of lets me know that people are kind of adapting to, to scam i say that then i look at the friday modern challenge and it's like three copies of scam in the top eight <laughs> wait serious? oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah first fourth and eighth like Sure, it's not as free as it was right after the Pro Tour, right? And that's yeah. that's to be expected, but at the end of the day, Scam kind of attacks from multiple angles. Like, it attacks your hand, and then it also, like, clocks you really fast. So you have, like, Disruption and a Clock, which yeah. some decks just really struggle against that. But you also just play this really good, like, value, like, mid-range deck, right? Yeah. Like, some, some hands you just go, like, Ragavan on one, hit your opponent, like, on your second turn, play Blood Moon. Your opponent has a non-game there as well. Like, 
it just I don't know. And Dolphy is just very good right now. Like, I, there's not a single matchup where I don't want Dolphy in my hand. Yeah, Dolphy's super good. So it's like, and like you also have these sweet lines with like Fable, and like all your, you know, your quote unquote evoke elementals, right? Like during your upkeep, I'm gonna copy my grief, or during your draw step, copy my my grief. Take a look at your hand. Take your good card. Like yeah. So we're, we're, let me ask you this, since you're talking about it. The so have you played both that version and the season pyromancer version? I have. Um, so the first list that I played had the season pyromancers in it. Um, and I kept, I kept just dying to people flashing in Orcish Bowmaster, like in response to like the draw from the pyromancer. And personally, I didn't like that because they immediately just kill your pyromancer and you're just kind of sitting there with either, you know, the one ones or whatever. And I don't know. It just feels super bad when that happens. Mm-hmm. but fable plays around it because the draw is a man right so if yeah, i expect yeah, my sure. opponent to have bowmaster i just won't draw any cards or i can kind of like play around it a little bit better mm-hmm. when it comes to that um the only benefit to pyromancer in my opinion is that if you're playing against the mirror match and they make you discard it you could like at some point late game like flash it back and get the two dudes um yeah so, I just I personally like Fable. Fable makes uh makes the Goblin Shaman, of course. Which there are some hands with Scam where you know you get stuck on three lands, but if you attack twice with like the Goblin Shaman, you're at Fury Mana, so you get to like cast it or um. And in some games, it's just it's just nuts. Like again, you get you can copy your Orcish Bowmasters and like ping something, make your army bigger. Copying Grief is really good. Copying Fury's really good. Fury's probably the best one cuz a 3/3 with double strike and haste that wipes your opponent's board is just so good. Yeah. So like a lot of the times you're you're like you have an empty board and you have a a flipped fable and you just draw for turn, you rip Fury, you play Fury, wipe their board, make a copy, get in for 6 like it's just so good. Yeah, copying, I feel that. Copying Dolphy as well, and just being able to, like, sacrifice the copy to, like, play some really good spell that your opponent has, like, you know, that you took earlier in the game when you had a Dolphy in play. Like, it's just good. Like, Fable just does... Like, nothing has changed. Fable is still insane. Yeah. Um. But that's just how I feel about the deck right now. Um... Yeah, I mean, no, I completely I, understand. I completely get it. Like, like, I'm not gonna lie. Of course, I'm a little bit nervous that scams gonna get hated out, but I'm kind of. I don't know. I'm just tired of being like, oh, everybody's gonna counter my deck because it's good. Like, I'm. There's a reason why they're trying to counter my deck, and it's because it is good, right? So like, I just have to play the best that I can, and that's all I can really ask for, right? Like. There, there's yep. no secret solution to like, oh, to win this tournament, I have to play this one deck because it's going to be really good. Like, I, I mean, there is a secret solution. I mean, I think having a good metagame call is also good. Like, for instance, like, I mean, I've been to tournaments where, like, I remember one SCG event in Dallas, I think I went to, where 
it was like everyone was trying i think it was right when m20 came out yeah, yeah. i think it was m20 or m21 whatever veil of summer got put into um and everyone was like trying to figure out the format and like it had just changed the week before and so people were like order all these new cards what are people doing and i brought uh like just st- basically stock scape shift with field of the dead and veil of summers and i almost went undefeated day one you know just like just because people were like wow this guy just went simple and just did what this deck is doing plus these cards that are really powerful that kind of fit perfectly into the deck and yeah i i I do think that there is a there's tournaments where you can kind of call the meta and be like there's gonna be i think there's gonna be a lot of this and so playing this is probably gonna give me the best opportunity to win um based off of numbers essentially no, um, I, I totally yeah. agree that there are tournaments like that. I just don't think Columbus is the tournament for that. That's fair. Mostly because Modern is so wide open right now, right? It's not like... I don't know. I just... I don't know. Maybe you are right. Maybe there is just this one deck that we should play in, in Columbus. There is. There's going to be that one deck, right? I think. What, what, um, do, you, what do you think it's going to be? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that possibly... Um, I can tell you what deck I think it is. What? Um, Hammer. Yeah, I I kind of I kind of thought about Hammer too, this past week, and I was like, I think Hammer is gonna be pretty decent. Um, just because I saw like, I kind of did like an overview look at the meta, and I was like, uh, doesn't Hammer just like go underneath most of this? You know? Yeah. Um. But um, I think that the blue-black control deck is going to make a, uh, a splash. I think there's going to be a decent amount of it. Just because I think that a lot of people will be like, uh, finally, a control deck that's playable. And it's got okay matchups. It's not absolutely unwinnable to play control in this format anymore. Um, and people also want to play Preordain. So um, I think that, I think that blue-black... I think. I will say this. I do think they're, and we're doing, we're we're making bingo cards for this tournament, by the way. Uh, so get your get your uh, your bingo card ready. But, but um, yeah, we'll all throw something into the pot or something. We'll throw like a pack or something into the pot. Whoever oh, yeah. gets bingo first wins. Um, but uh, the I I think there's gonna be a, a non-zero percent chance that there's one blue black deck in the top eight. You think so? Yeah, I, I think that I think that there will be at least one player that's playing that. I also another thing that people should I I think prepare for is there's a lot more people in paper that play four color, five color Omnath than there are online. Gotcha. Um, I, I think that uh, that was kind of proven at MXP in Tacoma a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, their modern event had a lot of four to five color, from what I heard. Okay. And it's because it's just very good in general, but people don't like to play it online because they have a clock. Um, and there's a lot of game actions that are involved with the deck, so it's kind of rough to play on Moto. Um, similar to, for instance, like playing Storm or something, or, you know, something similar to that. Um, it does eat a lot of clock because you do have a lot of game actions, a lot of triggers, things like that. Uh, but in paper, you can kind of curb a lot of that time by not having to worry about constantly clicking or whatever. So, 
Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm making a mistake by playing this game at this tournament. I don't know if you feel the same so way. Um, no. But um, no, nah, man. I've just been putting my reps in, trying to get better with the deck, and all I can do now is just be ready and play my deck as optimally as possible. That's it. Yeah. Take a. We're gonna have to have a pep, t- pep talk before the tournament starts because you did the same thing with Mono Green in Atlanta last year. Yeah, that's true. The, the but to be fair, I think Pioneer's a completely different animal next to Modern because before Pioneer, Modern was like all I've played. Right, um, I played some Standard, but only during like PPTQ seasons and shit. Um, no, but I mean, I'm just I'm not even stressing it to be completely honest with you. I'm just I'm ready to scam people. Whatever happens, happens, and. I mean, that's, that's all we can ask for, right? Plus, the I, I'm mostly excited about, like, the road trip and hanging out with the boys and being at the Airbnb as, you know, all of us together. And Yeah, we're going to have, like, a ton of people at that thing. Yeah. <laughs> there's, like, I think there's, like, 10 or 11 people staying there. That's, so. see, that, that's going to be hype because I've never been in a <clears> – I've never been to a tournament where I roomed with a lot of people. I think the most I've roomed – with what's like four or five people right but like 10 plus people like Uh, i've been to i've been to one testing house ever before it was before um i think it was before one of the vegas gps where we went out to vegas like four days before the tournament or five days before the tournament and um there was like 11 or 12 of us the same house we got like a house with a pool and shit and like um a lot of us were still playing poker a lot more at the time so like leading up to the tournament like we would all like kind of just like play magic during the day and then we would all split up or not split up but we'd all just like go to the casino and play poker for like six to seven hours at night fuck yeah and that was like super fun because it was like all these magic players were like we also love playing poker so yeah <laughs> we're all gonna do that too so I remember, I remember it was super sick. There was uh, one guy. I don't, I can't. I remember his name, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mention his name okay. uh, just because I don't think it's necessary. But I remember we were like all at the Airbnb, and we obviously were in Vegas, and we like end up getting, uh, like end up getting Uber or whatever to the to the casino. Uh, we go to the casino. We kind of we all sit down and. We all, we all three of us, like the, there was five of us that went to the casino. Three of the five of us got put at the same table. Uh And so we're all like sitting there, like, we don't really want to be at the same table. So all of a sudden they just like opened up two other tables and like me and another guy were like, yeah, well, we're done. We'll go over there. We go over, I I go over this table. I think I kind of just like chill for most of the night. Like I'm not really doing anything crazy. Like I think I ended up like maybe up like 50 bucks or something by the end of the night. And then I come back and this other guy, he's up like 7K in like three or four hours. I'm like, good God. He was like, yeah, um, I just got extremely lucky twice. And, you know, it was like the first pot was like 2,400 bucks because there was like three all-ins. And then the second pot was like 4K. So it was like, yeah, he was just like, I basically went all in twice. 
by somebody that was really deep stacked and I won both ends and um, he got really lucky one time because they ran it twice on one of like his all ends yeah. and he ended up like sucking out on the first all like the first uh, run and then the second run he like just hit runner runner to win and oh it was God. just like the nastiest thing ever <laughs> so yeah he ended up getting up like 7k and then he like got us a, a, a limo back to the house and like uh, I, not, obviously not before we went to the bar and hung out for a while and he threw us both like both the, the two the like the, th- the four other guys that were with us um because there's five of us total so the other guys that were with us two of them went back early because they were like we want to get some sleep um and then uh you know me and the other the other two we we're kind of sitting there and he just like handed us both like 50 dollar bills and we just like kind of sat there and played video poker and like talk shit and just like you know sat at the bar for like two hours and then he got us he like he was like, yeah, our Uber will be out front in a minute. And we like walk outside and he's like walking up to this limo. And we're like, what, what are you doing? He's like, this is our Uber. And we're like, what? And he's like, yeah, I booked it while we were sitting there. I was like, yeah. that's gas. <laughs> so it was really cool. But yeah, I think that's the only testing house, I guess you could say we went to or that I've been to. But I, I do think it's super fun whenever you get a bunch of guys that like play have magic. the same interest. Yes. Well, I'm saying I have the same interest in winning the tournament, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like it's it's different in like. And the idea of, hey, we all play, we're all just going to go hang out. But the people that actually care to do really well and, like, constructively talk about what they expect the tournament to be like yep. and can sit there and jam games and not just be like, ha-ha, you suck because I beat you, like those type of people. Yeah, I think it's I think those those types of things are super constructive. And, um, yeah, I know. I, I think it's going to be super fun, super, super dope to, to have a bunch of guys that are all uh, pretty pretty good at the game. Um, yeah, and and we'll be able to kind of pick everybody else's brains, and we'll be there for a few days and have some camaraderie. That's what so I'm saying. Be, like, like being, be fun. being able to sit down and like play test and like you know have people watching your match and be like, "Yo, why don't we play this in your deck? Why don't we do this instead?" Like being able to have different perspectives on like the game of Magic is one of the best things you can do, like to grow as a player, right? Because we tend to see things like very like one dimensionally to like the way we think but when somebody says hey what about this line you're like holy shit yeah that's that's really good yeah uh i mean i i know a few people that are kind of stuck in their ways about the way that they think and it's really frustrating so i completely understand what you're saying when it's like just just being open to being moldable exactly yeah like that's that's the thing that like separates people from other people is like you you don't necessarily have to live be by super what... good and live by what you constantly think, but the fact that you're even o- open to the idea of hey maybe I'm not doing this the best way I can, and maybe this is the correct way to do it because so and so suggested it, and for X Y and Z reasons that now you know we are going to get better as a group because we can discuss it without you know having I guess a conversation where it's like. No, you're just wrong. You know, exactly. like, yeah. And that, that's what I think is the super good part about the group they're going with, too, is because everyone's kind of, uh, for lack of better words, they're kind of open and they're kind of, they're, I, yeah, they're, they're teachable and they're good teachers, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, like, I, I, th- like I, I don't think there's anything worse than <clears throat> you being like, oh, you know, like, I was thinking about doing this play because of X. And they're like, no, you're just wrong. You need to do it this way. It's like, okay, but 
please explain why. Like, yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I, I think I learn a lot more that way when I'm like, I'm thinking about doing this play. I've also thought about these lines and that's why. But then somebody says something else and they're like, well, we also got to play around this or that. And I'm like, you know what? Good point. I guess the, the best way to not for sure lose this game is maybe doing something slightly different. Like, right. Something that like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but there's a lot of games where you have multiple lines and there's just one line that isn't the most, you know, proactive. It's not the one that puts you in the best spot, but it's the one that also doesn't put you in the worst spot if it doesn't pan out, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the age-old saying of being like, if you can play around something, why not? Exactly. Like, that is something... Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, if you, if you can play around something and it's not going to hurt, like, be super detrimental to what your game plan is, then there's inherently no reason not to play around whatever cards you're thinking about, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're in a dire situation where you ha- you can't you don't have the option to play around a certain card, exactly. Then, yeah. yeah, by all means, like you have to go for it. But like, I think that that's the the game. So I'll bring up this example right here. So the game that we were watching the other day, I think it was, I think it was one of Cameron's games on Moto last night, where someone just put a Murktide into play and just like, or no, they put a Death Shadow into play. That was like a four four. Or like a five five. Yeah. And they were just like, you have to deal with this death shadow. Draw a card attack. Draw a card attack. Draw a card attack. Draw a card attack. It's like, why would I deploy more threats if you can't already deal with the one that's on the board? Like that doesn't make any sense. It just opens yourself up to get blown out even more. For um, sure. In a scenario where like you if you don't again, if you don't if you don't have if you excuse me, if you don't have to force something, don't do it. Um and if you can play around something, you should. Um, because it's going to leave you in the safest position possible to not just lose the game on the spot. No, for sure. It's like, for example, like there's some scam matchups, right? Like Rhinos, like when I'm playing against Rhinos where I have the turn one, like grief plan. Um, so I grief them, but then I also have the, the fury scam in my hand. Right. Mm -hmm. And I could deploy that shit turn two, but I'm in my head. I'm like, how do I lose this game? Obviously the Rhinos, um, so I tend to just hold on to the scam until they do, you know, like get their rhinos and then yeah. I can scam on my fury, kill both their rhinos and then I'm still in a pretty good spot. So it's like, yeah, like you said, it's just like, just because you have cards in your hand doesn't mean that you have to play them. Yeah. Right. Like you just, correct. you just have to think about your game plan, your opponent's game plan, and then just kind of like craft a plan for the rest of your game. Yeah, I will say this, and since we're just talking about like essentially just tournaments in general and things like that, but I will say this: I would like to. I know it's probably not going to happen because we're probably gonna have a little party or something uh, the night before the tournament. But um, I, I think it would be super sick to get a good night's sleep <laughs> before the main event. No, I'm sleeping but... like a baby. <laughs> Like, Friday night, like, I'm going to hang out for a little bit, play test, resleeve my deck, and I'm going to sleep. Yeah, probably not me. I'm probably going to hang out and party uh, because I'm a degenerate. But I will wake up with clear eyes and full hearts, and I will attempt not to lose. But 
I like that. Um, I will try to get a bet at a, at a decent time, uh, and then Saturday is going to be the 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 blow off the roof night. I think for me, that's so. what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I'm going in Saturday night. Friday unless night. I, unless I like unless I go really if I if I day two I might also think about going to sleep early, <laughs> just because like I would want to have like a really good night's sleep, especially going day twoing and like doing all that stuff. It's been a while since I've played in a big event like that where I've. Actually, it's just been a while since I played in a big event like that in general. So, yeah. um, you know, like a two-day event, really. So, um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's fun. Yeah, all I'm saying is, if that Reese-EQ goes well and IQ, I'm partying that night. Like, yeah, straight up. For sure. If anybody wins in our group, like, we're going to Yeah, win. well, I'm winning on Friday, so. That's fair. I'm already, I'm already fair. calling it. I'm calling my shot. If if anyone listening to this is playing in the the is it one p.m. or two p.m. I think it's two p.m. Let me check. I think it's two p.m. Two p.m. Yeah, there's a two p.m. ReCQ. Uh, it's a Pioneer ReCQ at SCGCon. If any of you are playing in that, I'm sorry, but I'm winning it. Okay, and if Free Bunny isn't winning it, then I am. <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and manifest it. Speak I'm gonna into speak existence. it into existence. Yeah. For me, is I'm gonna top a the main event. Nice. I'm speaking that into existence. I'm happy with the top eight. I don't gotta win the whole thing. I just, I just want a top eight. That's it. That's fair. Top sixteen would be good too, but I want that top eight. Yeah, no, that'd be sick. Oh yeah. <laughs> It'll be funny is if you want to re-CQ on Friday, like well, just anybody, not just saying you or me or whatever. You want to re-CQ on Friday and then you like top four the main event. Uh, on Saturday and Sunday, and you just like double qualified in the same weekend, bro. That'd be so good. <laughs> you can't double qualify technically because no, it qualifies but... you for the same one, but it would still be cool. Yeah, you'd be like, I can, <laughs> dude. They should let you just play in the event twice. Ah, yes. You can go O two drop and then round three and just start. Or you sit at one table and you have two decks and you get to play two two opponents. I would you do get that. the duo queue. I would do that. <laughs> I would just play Tron and scam. <laughs> just be fast whatever happens happens yeah i think the next rc is i don't know what the next the 2024 rc is i don't know if they've announced it yet but i want to say that it's going back to standard uh the first rc of 2024 i'm not sure don't quote me on that i don't know 100 percent. but can i be honest i know with that you? there is a season going back to standard here soon so can I can I be honest with you? I mean, no. Okay, I love standard. <laughs> I think I think standard's gonna be great. Uh, I mean, you're lying, but I mean, yeah, you said I couldn't be honest with you. No, I mean, I don't think current standard's very good. I mean, I've kind of been just like side eyeing it recently and yeah. just like kind of looking at what it is. It's it hasn't but changed it's... much. Yeah, but there also hasn't been a set for standard come out in a while, right? That's fair. The last set for standard was was uh, what um, was Dominator United? No, it was uh, March Mission. March, yeah, yeah. So, so like, yeah, that was our was RCQ, yeah, or our RC. So yeah, that makes yeah. sense. But I, I mean, Wilds of Eldraine might shake up the format quite a bit. That and is there's true. Also I'm excited about that. Yeah, I forgot. There's about also that. two more sets. I mean, it comes out this weekend. I guess pre-release yeah. this weekend. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, 
but and we'll we'll have like a uh, we'll, we didn't really do a spoiler for this set. We didn't really do a spoiler episode, which is fine. I, I don't think that we really primarily look at a bunch of spoilers as far as uh, just like limited and stuff. We we more so focus on like constructed formats. So yeah, um, <clears throat> any cards that we see relevant, we're obviously going to bring up. But mm-hmm. um, as far as standard goes. Uh, I think that Wilds will definitely kind of shake it up a little bit. Oh, yeah, big time. It's Eldraine. Like, Eldraine does nothing but shake up formats. So, um, but also, I think there's two more sets coming out before the next, like, the next standard season. So, like, two more standard sets. So, I I think that standard will look completely different by the time the... um, The season starts. Like, the the actual standard season probably starts. For sure. Yeah, uh... I wouldn't be too upset if Sanders started right now because I would just play that Esper midrange deck that's going around. Mm-hmm. It's a control deck, so I'm just going to fucking jam that. Um, but no, speaking of Wilds of Eldraine, what are two cards that you think are going to be really good in Constructed? In Constructed? Are we talking any format? Or are we talking any, about just like... Yeah, you, I mean, you could t- any format. Like, you'd be like, this card's going to be good in X format, this card's going to be good in X format. What are your top two cards that kind of stand out for you? Because for me... Uh, I think the the top two cards that I personally think are going to be really good is um, Werefox Bodyguard. I think that card's going to uh, be... But I don't even know what that card does. I, I, I've looked at like two cards from this entire set, so... Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so, Werefox Bodyguard is a one-of-any-color, white-white, flash, the creature type is Elf Fox Knight... And uh, it has flash, and then when it enters the battlefield, exile up to one other target non-fox creature until he leaves the battlefield. And then one in a white, sacrifice the bodyguard, you gain two life. Okay. So it's just Brutal Cathar uh, with flash. Uh, I mean, Brutal Cathar is also, I don't know, arguably better because it flips and unflips. But yeah, That's fair. I just this think just in, hits one where the other one could. I, I see what you're talking about though. Yeah, just having another effect like that. Like I don't know, if, is Brutal Cathar still standard legal? Standard legal? Yeah. No. Okay, so I think having an effect like that in standard is going to be really good. Um, I think, yeah. Uh, I, if this was if this was a soldier, that'd be cool. That's what I'm saying. If it was a soldier, mono white and pioneer all day. Like, well, no, I'm saying if it was a soldier. Well, that's a humans. Sorry, human. Mono white's human. Yeah. Sorry. Now, if it was a soldier, then the Azorius soldiers deck in standard could play it really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, well, you said you had a second one that you thought was... Um, yes, the second one is uh, Gruff Triplets. Uh, it's three uh, of any color, three three green pips. It's the one I, I texted you when I first saw it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, trample, when it enters the battlefield, if it isn't a token, create two tokens <laughs> that are copies of it. And then when it dies, put a number of plus one plus one counters equal to its power on each creature you control named Gruff Triplets. So like getting access. So it's to... like those it's like those foxes from uh, DB Super. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and then like the fact that it gives you nine devotion for six mana. Thankfully, it's it's out of uh, festival range because it's six instead of five. Mm-hmm. If you could hit this card off a festival, like, oh my god. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, one of them dies, 
and what the other two become six sixes and then when the next one dies like the other one becomes a 12 12 like that's pretty good that's three threats for six mana and nine devotion and they have trample yeah like i think that card's gonna be really good in pioneer um not sure about modern probably not too slow but in yeah pioneer? i i after just like kind of scam like scanning over like some of these cards i don't feel like there's any really that i've seen that are like modern playable that's fair i think the only ones that are really modern playable like slightly at all is elusive otter and that card's yeah. like so that's that's the card that i was gonna i was gonna say go ahead um no you're good i just i was gonna say that i think that card's pretty dang good it's uh one blue one one uh it's an adventure it has an adventure on it called groves bounty it's X and a green. It says distribute X one one counters among any number of target creatures you control, uh, and then on its actual side, it's a one one prowess creature with creatures less than elusive otters power can't block it. Um, I think this card could be really good, um, considering that it's non legendary, mm-hmm. so you can play four of them, and also Groves Bounty triggers the other elusive otters. Um, oh, true. And so, like, just imagine just, like, opening two of these in, like, a sealed pool or something. And you're just playing, like, teamer spells, and you just have this and, like, a couple bounce spells, and, like, you know, you can just tempo your opponent out of the game, basically. Um, Yeah, no, I think this card's really good. I think, yeah, like, I think Elusive Otter's pretty sweet. I agree. Like, Elusive Otter with, like, mutagenic growths and, like, oh, my God. Like, that card's going to be good. Yeah, the only other card that I saw that kind of really stuck out to me was Decadent Dragon. Decadent Dragon? Yeah, it's the 4-mana 4-4. It's too generic, too red, um, but it also is an adventure. It has an adventure called Expensive Taste. It's a 2 and a black instant. Exile the top two cards of target opponent's library face down. You may look at and play those cards for as long as they remain exiled. Uh, And then its creature side is a 4-4 dragon with flying and trample. That when it attacks, you create a treasure token. Historically, any dragon that attacks and creates a treasure token has been absolutely busted. So I think this card is also going to be that. Uh, because Goldspan was the same thing, except for Goldspan costs 5 mana. Uh, and, and this yeah. thing arguably has a better ability on it than Goldspan. Uh, in the sense of, you get to exile your opponent's cards and play them. Uh, at an instant speed. Yeah. Um, so I, I think Decadent Dragons can be really good in standard. Um, blue or red, black, and standard has historically been really good. Yep. Um, uh, not so good right now, but uh, I could definitely see someone, you know, sticking this in standard and saying, "Hey, like this is good uh, because I get to play your opponent. You get to play your opponent's cards, and also it's a four-four dragon that when you attack, you create a treasure." Um, I could also see like honestly, like Rakdos midrange playing this, like in uh, Pioneer. Oh yeah. Um, I think that Rakdos Midrange having like an over-the-top threat like this that not only generates value, but also has the ability to... Uh, there's one thing with Rakdos Midrange that kind of sucks a lot of the time is that you kind of run out of resources uh, if you don't find a Fable. Yeah. Like, you do have the Bloods and things like that to like draw cards and like kind of filter through your deck. But having this adventure on it and just saying like, okay... Uh, at your end step, I'm going to exile the top two cards of your library. Uh, I can play them. 
Like, it, just imagine like you're playing against like mono green and you just like hit a storm the festival. Oh, right. Oh my god. You're just god. like, but then, but also the one thing is you it doesn't you can't cast them with any color, right? So you do have to have the colors. Oh, okay. okay. So it's not it's not yeah. like all their it's other cards that say yeah yeah it's not you can't you can cast them with with any color mana. Yo. Um, you still have to have the right colored mana, but the dragon that you have creates treasures. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that you get to cast your opponent's spells because the dragon you have creates the treasures for you. That's true. Um, and we also have and Fable. like they also have Fable, so you're making treasures of the Fable. Yo. Um, you know this is non legendary, so you can you can copy it with Fable. Tiki-tiki. Yeah, yeah. So like there is a lot of applications to deck and dragon being very good, and I think the cards can be very good. Fuck yeah. Do you think a uh, cruel somnophage will see playing like modern dredge maybe? No. Okay. I think card's kind of cheeks. That's fair. Um, I just didn't know if them milling themselves and then playing a two-two that's like an eight-eight would be any good. Yeah, I don't know if that's very good. Um, or a two-mana creature. I've seen I've seen people talk about beseech the mirror being good. I've seen just that as not- well. In, in legacy specifically yeah um but um i think the new bargain thing is kind of cool too though i know we didn't talk about it but there's a new mechanic called bargain yep. uh it's basically whenever you cast a spell that has bargain you can sacrifice an artifact enchantment or token which is a really weird <laughs> like it's a really weird set of rules for bargain it's like you have to do an artifact enchantment or token you can't do a creature you can't do a planeswalker you can't do a land you can't do anything you have to do those specific three things so it requires you to build your deck around like playing certain cards like that yeah um which i think was is also going to be another good thing for standard too is it's going to require a lot of people in standard to play cards that they normally wouldn't play because these bargain cards are really strong so for sure but uh, yeah, back to your original, like your question in the beginning. Do I see anything that's like, like sticks out to me as being like insane and modern or anything like that? No. Like I think elusive otter is going to be okay. Like it can be playable in modern. I don't know if it'll be like super good, but it's definitely playable. Um, I think yeah. I think the the only other card, and I'm back on dredge right. But it's that hearth elemental. It's the five. It's five of any color, one red. Uh, mostly for its adventure side. Uh, it's one in a red. It's called Stroke of Stroke Genius. Um, discard your hand, then draw two cards. Yeah, so, I don't even know what, you, what card you're talking about, but yeah, yeah sounds sweet. Yeah, it's called Hearth Elemental. It's its adventure is one of any color, one red. Discard your hand, then draw two cards. So I I think that could see playing Dredge. Um, but that's like I said, I that's really it. Like I, none of these other cards really impressed me. Like okay, we could we could play this in modern. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they they took it really. I think they slowed themselves down hard with this being an Eldraine set. Oh, what the fuck am I talking about? Not dead after all. That that card's definitely seeing modern play. Oh yeah, that card's definitely seeing modern play. I forgot me, about that card. Me too. I was just scrolling and I saw. It, I'm like, oh my god, how could I forget that? I'm literally playing it this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you gotta find them first, but yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and like I, I did scroll down and kind of see some of these sagas, um, like the white saga that's in here. The, the one that makes mouse. White. 
No, no, no. This one exiles a creature, and then a creature you control against plus two plus two and flying until end of turn. Oh, and then yep. You return the exile card to the battlefield. Yep. I think that card's pretty good for I just thinking of limited really. Um, I think this limited stuff can be super fun. I, I think this is like the one, the first time in a long time I've been excited to play limited on arena when the set drops. For sure, yeah. Because I think that I think like Eldraine was one of my. I wouldn't say my favorite sets that I drafted, but it was definitely fun. Um, but this is just like, it's just, there's a lot of cards that seem really fun to play. So. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I, th- uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think we, we uh, don't really need to focus on these cards that are not playable in modern because uh, uh we don't care about anything but modern right now exactly exactly <laughs> so um i do think it's kind of funny that these re-cqs at scg they're gonna be like pioneer when it's like modern season <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, think I don't that's get super that. funny i genuinely don't get that but i think it's because the main event's modern like if the main event was pioneer then they, the nobody would really show up yeah. and uh the re-cqs would be kind of like that's fair. Or the, everybody would go play the Reese and not actually play in the fucking main event because everybody would be like, oh, I hate Mono Green. That's a very good point. No, but yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, Modern's in a good spot, in my opinion. I think uh, I think we're all very excited about this weekend as well. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm Like I said, I'm just very excited for Columbus. I'm excited to hang out and play tests and talk about our deck choices and sideboard guides and all that shit. For sure, road trip's gonna be fun. Um, was there? I any... get to take you. I get to take you all to some good food here in Nashville. Oh, true. Yeah, we're making um, that pit stop in Nashville. Yeah, you guys get to see the studio, see the house. You fuck. Um, it. it's gonna be cool. You get to see shithead Rambo. Hell yeah, that's um, that's the bull. <laughs> uh, for those that are listening, Rambo is my dog. Um, but yeah, he's a shithead. Uh, <laughs> and uh. Yeah, I know. So you guys will get to stop here. We'll, we'll, I'll take you guys somewhere sweet so we can kind of like see everything at the same time. So you guys can like see like downtown and like we'll go to this. We'll go to this place called Assembly, which is like basically this giant cafeteria food hall thing. It has like bars and restaurants and it has like 15 different restaurants in it. Okay. Um, but it's like downtown. It's super dope. We'll be able to like just walk downtown and like go to do that. That way you guys can pick whatever you guys want to eat and not be like subject to like hey, well, let's go eat barbecue, or hey, let's go eat this, you know? That's fair. I mean, you're um, the god, so whatever you say is I know, good. yeah, 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 we're good. I'll, 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 I'll make sure we do something dope uh, for, like, the hour or two you are here, and then uh, and then uh, we will we will descend to uh, Columbus and uh, get there with enough time to get some sleep or get some beers. <laughs> hey. Well, I mean, we need two of us to not drink, probably. Who? Us. What do you mean? For the drive. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not talking about on the drive. I'm talking about when we get there. Oh, yeah, dude. As soon as we get there. We're, we're <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, wait, hold on. We got to make that five hour drive. I don't think we can. Yeah, do I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind driving up there. It doesn't matter to me. I don't either. No. Yeah, I'm chill. But nah, man. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. pretty, pretty fun weekend coming up. Yep, for sure. I'm, uh. I know there's going to be a lot of people there that I haven't seen for in a while, too, that it's going to be cool to see again. So I'm excited to uh, see everybody. And um, if you come up to me, aha, I forgot to mention this. If you listen to this episode this week and you come up to me and you say, hey, 
I listened to your guys' podcast, and you guys told me to walk up to you Ooh. and say hello. Hold on. If you walk up to me, oh. I have goodie bags for people that will be there. So if you walk up to me and say, hey, I heard your podcast this week. I heard the end where you told me to come up to you and say hello. I We will be having our Team Metamorph uh, jerseys on. Yes. So if you find B-Money or see Team Metamorph uh, jersey, walk up to one of us. I have goodie bags for people that are going to be there. Uh, if you guys do shout, like, come up to me and say hello. I'd love to meet everybody. We would love to talk to anybody that wants to come meet us. I think it's super sick. Um, and, you know, just get some some feedback from you guys. Uh, but, again, I will I will have some goodies for people that do, you know, come up to us and stuff like that. So be on the lookout for that if you, uh, if you guys do see us. Facts. We got the goodies on deck. And should we give them, like, a code word so they can just walk up and say the code word? No. We'll no. Just come up and talk to us. Okay. Yeah. Just come up and talk to us and say, "Hey, I listened to the podcast. You told me to come up here." So, but yeah, just mention that you you heard the podcast, and then you know, if you mention that you heard the podcast, I got a, I got I got a goodie bag for you. So I'll have them with me. So, well, sounds good, man. Is there anything else you wanted to cover before we uh, close out this episode? No, no, I don't think so. Uh, it's good luck to anybody in Columbus. If you see us, say what's up, and if uh, if we don't get the chance to see you, uh, hope you win the tournament. Sounds good. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in for episode number 22 of the Completed Podcast. Make sure to go follow us on Twitter at team underscore metamorph. Also, make sure to leave a review on this episode and let us know what you think. And if you have any suggestions on how we can improve the podcast or topics that you'd like for us to talk about, make sure to tweet at us. Um, We're pretty open to reception and we look forward to hearing from you guys. And again, hope you guys have an awesome rest of your week and anybody going to Columbus, good luck. And we wish you guys the best. And again, walk up to us, say hi. We're down to hang out, play a couple games. And uh, it's going to be a really fun weekend, guys. Yeah, I might finish the Vintage Cube this weekend. So that'd be super sick that uh, would be if sick. we could just get get eight people to Cube. That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just like Money Cube. Cool. Yeah, dude. <laughs> well, alrighty. But. Thanks, everyone. And uh, wait, what were you going to say? No, I didn't say anything. Okay, dope. You're well, good. Sweet. Thanks again, yep. everybody. You guys have a good week, and uh, we'll see you guys in Columbus. Peace. Bye, everyone.